0: Hey there, guys and ghouls! You're
1: tuned into broadcast from the Belfry, a brand new podcast for the morbidly curious.
0: My name's Sanjay, and here's Georgia too. How are you, Georgia?
1: i a- yep. I'm here.
0: Yeah, A is an emotion.
1: A- I believe I'm you the can fonds. use it in Scrabble.
0: You are the Farns. So, what are we talking about today?
1: The Laughing Death.
0: That doesn't sound fun. It's
1: gonna
0: be great. It like has the word laughing in it, which makes me think it'll be amusing. But not like in a haha way, more like mm-hmm. in a like general like this is a weird turn of fate way.
1: I think pathological, pathological laughter is key
0: here. Sweet. So I was on a roller coaster yesterday. I went oh. to Worlds of Fun. It was a good did time. You really? Yeah, you I did. It was two days ago, a day and a half ago. And turns out that one thing that uh, my sister, older sister, and I have in common is we both laugh when we panic. So I think
1: a lot of people do.
0: That. Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> On the Mamba, for those that are from the Kansas City area, just going real fast, 250 feet in the air, or 750, I don't know. I was literally 3,000 feet in the air. And I'm just... Oh, touching like,
2: airplanes. Yeah, I'm just,
0: like, <laughs> crying from laughter, and everyone around me is just staring at me, and I was like, I think I'm going to die. This is the worst. So, it's um, something like that.
1: I just have a panic attack and cry a
0: lot. That's, That's just me day to day.
1: I mean, honestly. me too, but also, if I'm on a roller coaster, I'm just legit, like... <laughs> this is
0: <how> it ends. <laughs> like you're on a roller coaster and a roller coaster of emotion yes. so it's like a like i a don't lose laugh one. i
1: don't scream i just sit there like yeah i get so tense and i just sit there and i like grind my teeth and i'm mm-hmm. just like
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. bleeding love by leona lewis is just playing in your head the whole time <laughs> and just having a very emotional time <laughs> so what is this this laughing thing
1: i'm gonna set the scene. you're an anthropologist
0: Yes, quite.
1: Well, I'm an anthropologist.
0: I'm an anthropologist. Right now,
1: you're an anthropologist. Yes, I am. And it's
0: the 1950s. Yes, I have many degrees. Uh, I'm not using radiation to cure all my ailments. I think I'm using asbestos, though.
2: Maybe, yeah. I think. Lead
0: paint. Yeah, and lead paint. (laughs) It's so much cheaper (laughs) than any other alternative.
1: Hi, Chunky Monkey. You make me so happy. You are
0: the light of my
1: life. Luna. Okay. So good today uh it's the 1950s you can probably have your regular accent i think that's acceptable for this episode i want to
0: sound like a like a radio host though like in the Mm -hmm. 20s but like Mm -hmm. still in the 50s okay yeah yep
1: all right so that's your accent we'll go with that cool you are doing field work in Papua new guinea Mm. because you heard their coffee's bomb. I was
0: actually about to make a joke about that Papua New Guinea has fantastic
2: coffee. Papua New Guinea
1: ugh, is one of my favorite coffees. Yeah, yeah. some of the better Hands light down. roasts you can get in yes. the Midwest. Yes, and I love light roasts, so that's my jam. Mm. I love me some PNG. Mm-hmm. So you're doing field work in Papua New Guinea, testing out some coffee, hanging out with the locals, and you notice they express strange symptoms
0: like what they've got, like extra arms, or like they can speak languages that aren't from like the region, or they're like really good at Scrabble.
1: I hope they're really good at Scrabble. That would be amazing. It's a skill. Their language is really hard, though. I was obviously when I was researching this, I came across some terms, which we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. One of them. Good. But
0: at, prep your flashcards, everyone. Yep.
1: There's a test later. There is. <laughs> so the four people are from. The Eastern Highlands province of Papua New Guinea, and there's the North region and the South region, and we're going to talk about the South region. They were geographically separated, mm-hmm. but they're both from the same kind of social group. You're hanging out with these people.
0: Mm-hmm. and I walk in, I'm like, hey, what's up, dead dudes, or dying dudes? Uh-huh. What's good?
1: Well, you notice that their funerary tradition is to consume the body of their family member who died.
0: That's fucked up, man. Why?
1: Because it's called transumption in this case. It expresses love and grief. They also believed that the abilities and strengths of their loved one would be recycled and transferred to you and you know whoever ate. So you're saying that like the dead person. If
0: like if my dad could make like a bomb fillet, you know, like his filet mignon is like renowned <laughs> in the region. He dies, and I'm like, Oh, dude, LJ, I miss you, but I want that recipe. Yep. If I ate his flesh after he died, then I would also be able to recreate this dish to the full extent that he could.
1: Potentially. Why didn't Can anyone we test just this? Pause, hold on. I was watching Queer Eye the other night, and there was. You know, they did the one season in Kansas City. Yeah. And they talked about the two sisters at the barbecue place. Have you, have you watched
0: that? I haven't watched that episode, no.
1: Okay, but. It's so cute, and they use her dad's recipe, and then they.
0: Just... Does it include his flesh? Yes. Oh, sick! <laughs> Every little. piece Jones barbecue
1: in Kansas City uses yeah. the flesh of their father. Go.
0: Yeah, it's true. Check it out. Please don't sue us. It's not true. <laughs> they they probably don't. I, I am not led to believe they There's would. There
1: is a secret ingredient. You never know.
0: Yeah, it's not love. It's, it's, it's Papa says Jones. Cremated ashes. Yeah, exactly. There's so many '90s sitcoms where people like make uh like nesquick out of ashes and <laughs> stuff grandma's ashes. So yeah that <laughs> that's so true gross. that is a common trope it doesn't which doesn't make sense it's like uh angry girl love struck guy dumb jock eating grandma's ashes <laughs> like it's just in the top like 10 tropes from the 90s doesn't make any <laughs> sense
1: so we're in the eastern highlands province between 1957 and 1960 a thousand people died with these weird symptoms What At least. And the anthropologists that were there doing their field research theorized that it was this endocannibalistic ritual that they practiced.
0: That's such a large leap, though. I mean, wow, how could that have any negative side effects? You're eating dead people.
1: Do you know what endocannibalism is?
0: It's when you eat the the intestines, I assume? I don't know.
1: Endocannibalism is when you eat someone from within your social group, whether it's, like, your family, your tribe, your community. And then exocannibalism also occurs in other parts of Papua New Guinea.
0: And then it's just, like, strangers.
1: For example, if you took a captive, it also happened in Aztec culture, too. For example, if you took a prisoner... Because they wronged you or mm-hmm. they were a war captive or something like yeah, that.
0: They stepped on your you Jordans. You would yeah.
1: sacrifice them and eat them. That's exocannibalism. They're outside your social group. You're doing it for different reasons. They're not from your community.
0: That, do they, like, cook them? It's like a gross question. It depends. I, d- I think that should be an all-the-time thing.
1: I think that, well, and that's one of the things about prions is you usually get prion diseases, which... What we're talking about as a prion disease. And you usually get prion diseases from eating raw flesh,
0: so... Do you think there was, like, a Bobby Flay or, like, a Gordon Ramsay of, like, eating people? And they're, like, just, like, very, very, I feel like, I like like Bobby particular?
1: Flay has the most appropriate name. That's true. Flaying them.
0: I also feel like Bobby Flay could eat a person. Like, Gordon Ramsay at least has a heart Did of I gold. Did I
1: tell you about... I was listening to this scary story one time... And it was about this person being chased through the woods and it set it up like it was a werewolf. But then when the conclusion, the scary conclusion actually happened, it was Guy Fieri.
2: It what? was hilarious.
1: What? <laughs> I wish I could remember what it was, because it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
0: And he wasn't trying to chase them out of the woods, he was chasing them into Flavortown. I, oh, this sounds so great.
1: <laughs> I wish I could. And it was, like, so dramatic and, like, super well written, and then you're like, oh my God, this is, like, a werewolf or whatever. Nope. Guy, Sky Fieri. Sky
0: Fieri. They're He's talking Italian. about,
1: they're talking about his hair and his red eyes and,
0: like, yes. <laughs> <his> fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Guy Fieri eat in slow motion?
2: No. It's an experience. Ew.
0: <laughs> it's a lot. Okay, so I'm not going to promise we're going to put that any of this in the show notes, but if we can find it, we will put that story, and I will put uh, Guy Fieri eating.
1: Let's put Guy Fieri this- eating in our bonus content when we <laughs> show each other all the shit that we talk about.
0: It's so... It's not gross. Like, he's passionate about what he's doing. <laughs> like, he's Every bite is taking him to Flavortown, you know, but as he's brought back, you feel so a little weird. bit of despair because you can, like, feel his loss. Uh, so it's it's definitely not for the weak. I would not recommend that you watch this video if you're having a bad day or <laughs> a good day. Um, maybe it's only for people that live very medium lives like me. So enjoy this uh, eight-second ASMR of me pouring wine.
1: Endocannibalism is what's happening here with the four tribe in the PNG. Mm-hmm. So women are most commonly consuming the brains of the deceased. They they typically go for the brains and the spinal cord, traditionally. Uh, and then the men, the men are the ones who consume the muscle tissue, because muscle strength.
0: men gotta be strong, and women gotta be smart and have backbone. Exactly i guess yeah so
1: women ended up way more likely to contract the disease
2: Mm.
1: and the thought process so in a their cultural belief you have basically okay from what i understand you basically have five souls
0: okay i'm very interested
1: and each of them represent like a different part of your body or your spirituality or Mm -hmm. whatever the women were supposed to eat the 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 nervous tissue because they were most suited to contain the soul, the part of the soul, the type of soul, whatever. That's called I don't really know how to say it, quella or Quella. I say that every episode. I don't know how to pronounce this, but.
0: In no one else
2: will
1: know it too. <laughs> I'm yep. That first time. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the Quella, I'm just gonna call it that was the part of the soul that was the escaping pollution from the decomposition of the flesh and physical body. Mm -hmm. And apparently, if it wasn't properly contained and the ritual wasn't performed properly, whatever, it can harm the family members in this cloud form that's also shaped like a man. So it sounds like a ghost. Yeah, that's so cool! And the more decomposed the body became, the more powerful this spirit would become.
0: This B.O. ghost. Yeah. Yeah, So <laughs> you, yeah. that's what you're describing is, like, body odor, but, like, personified. A cloud of body yeah. odor. So you're saying that if I don't eat Grandpapa's like, body as soon as he dies, like, all the Axe body spray that he put on in his lifetime mm-hmm. is going to, like... Grandpa go wears from, Old
1: Spice. Come no, he doesn't. He, yes, wears, he doesn't. he wears he axe. Oh. Like,
0: he's getting tons of ladies. You know, he's double-pits okay. okay. to chesty. All right. Uh, like, all the axe will, like, lift from his pores, go from, like, his, like, head to toes, and then pull his soul out. Yep. And then kill my siblings.
1: What scent of axe is it, though?
0: Uh, Phoenix. Classic. Okay. No, it's got it's got to be something new and spicy. It's probably like renegade firearm or something. Does that sound like an axe scent? Okay, yeah. <laughs> like he's a grandpa's definitely wearing renegade firearm, hundred percent.
1: Specifically with the women, it's their womb that is the important part. So I would be intrigued. I wish I had more time to research further because I would go hardcore into this. But I'm wondering if that has something to do with their afterlife beliefs as well. And then, because a lot there's a tribe in Africa that I read about, and they believe that babies have to be you put these charms
2: mm-hmm. around
1: babies. And I think maybe there was a common, they're, they're like I think maybe the SIDS was a common occurrence during this particular time, and so they would put all these charms around the baby's you know crib because they believed that the baby dying was it rejecting its new life it, it was a reincarnation of an ancestor and it yeah. was rejecting its new life and going back to its old life in the spiritual world
0: so like putting the charms was kind of guiding it towards a like proper life or yeah. a proper host yeah. for so this would, ancestor yeah so it
1: would like keep it within <sighs> this world to grow up hmm. again with its family
0: nice that's
2: pretty cool yeah.
1: so i'm wondering if they had some kind of beliefs like that if the if it's the soul of the decaying flesh and it's the womb that's important to containing it then i'm Mm -hmm. wondering if there's some kind of correlation there with their afterlife and rebirth and Mm -hmm. spiritual beliefs
2: or if
0: they were just like i don't know what this like weird orb thing is inside (laughs) of this lady but we should probably eat it just in case
1: yeah sure yeah
0: Mm -hmm. one or the other
1: But that also made women eight times more likely to be infected. Eight times. And they didn't have a large population, so. Yikes. And part of the ritual, so it started with two or three days of grieving. And then the body, I'm assuming there was some ritual cleansing process happening. And then the body was laid out on some. Like a bed of greens, like leaves.
0: Greens. Um, uh, I assume there were like some hickory wood chips underneath. Depending on the season, yep. and if there's a Panera nearby, you may have mandarin oranges, blueberries. Let's just talk about oranges, how excited
1: I am for <laughs> for autumn Dude, the squash,
0: squash soup. Too. Okay, everybody, we talk about soup a lot in this podcast, because Georgia has a, a soup kink, autumn, and I work autumn, at a soupery. Only autumn squash. No, you you all are not ready for the amount of autumn squash soup we're going like, <laughs> to slurp <I'm> down <laughs> in this recording, like or in these <laughs> upcoming recordings.
1: It's going to be fall, and we're just going to be like...
0: No, it's dirt. just going to be... <laughs> like i don't know if any of you have watched the grapefruit video um if no, you have no, you know what either. i mean okay. if you hadn't i'm not gonna link it you can like look it up if you own accord it's a lot but uh yeah i'm just we're just gonna go to town on some butternut squash soup it's so good so good um but yeah so they actually it's probably more like a, a nice like goddess salad because you're appreciating the life mm-hmm. as well as the yeah. body Yep. So you're gonna have some greens in okay. addition to
1: cranberries on top. Oh no like- no no! It's
0: bacon bits, eggs, you know, some pickled red onions, some tomatoes. Put a nice, uh, put a nice dressing on there. That's right. Basil based. It'll be nice.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I do love basil. The body was put on this bed of leaves or greens. Can I help you? That's my wine. Wine is not for kitties. Body was put on this bed of leaves. Mm-hmm. And the purpose of the leaves was to ensure that nothing was wasted, so no bodily fluids would seep into the... That's gross! ...seep into the earth, because, because they believed that even just, like, a little bit of blood seeping into the ground, or whatever, would mean that this koala was escaping and could come back to so them. So
0: they were just, like, making, like...
1: They, they used every part of the body.
0: That's so gross. They're, like, literal, like, pork chops from from grandpops. You're making Bloody Marys from your Aunt Mary. Like, stuff, like, that's just, I don't like this at all.
1: And they would, like, they would ground their, like, bones up to use in other things, like bone meal. Nothing is wasted. And then the, it was the women's job to dismember the body, prep it, carve it up, and share it. Mm-hmm. And then, it was rare that men were were involved in the ritual but if they were like i said they consumed the muscle tissue um and some parts of like this whole process took weeks because there was like so much purification and cleansing
0: but that also means that the body was just terrible unless they just like roll you around in like a bath of salt beforehand
1: but the the actual cutting up of the body happened after like two or three days
0: so it was like weeks to prepare like before the death of the person I think like, it more can be so assumed the
1: consumption was one part and then the parts after that mm-hmm. took a long time because they would perform which ritual rituals
0: it's called a ritual because you make them into a sandwich obviously
1: <laughs> they perform rituals on the women who consumed the bodies mm-hmm. because they're storing that spirit inside them yeah. so they had to perform Further purification and cleansing rituals mm-hmm. on the people who ate the body and then mm-hmm. all
0: this kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so if uh, for those that have listened to previous episodes, so imagine me, Ed Growlin, pulling it up, laying on a bench, screaming, <laughs> Fuck, I'm dying. Ah, my pain. I'm dying. I'm dead. There's this squad of Papua New Guinean police or like corpse retrievers that. Like run up and like hop 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 hop, and they have yeah no, (laughs) I'm not dead yet, and they just hit me with a club, (laughs) and uh, they like throw me onto a stretcher, and they just hop 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 and take me to this uh, this like big kitchen, and I'm eating within like let's say three days, Mm -hmm. you know, a day for them to make sure I'm actually dead, Mm -hmm. you know, with their whatever science and medicinal practices they had at the time, I'm eating, and then the ladies are like, all right, we got these demons in us. Rub our stomachs and purify. Let's so, everyone's go. doing like that dance at the end of uh, James Cameron's Avatar when they're trying to like resurrect or no, move Jake Sully's body into like the the Avatar body where everyone's like like bobbing and weaving, but it takes two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that like pretty much what's happening? Sure. Alright, sick. Yeah. Have, I, I have yeah. a very good visual. I also okay. really want to watch Avatar again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I watched Avatar since I saw it in theaters, which is kind
0: it's of depressing. It's so good.
1: I really want to go see Scary Stories Tell in the Dark.
0: Uh, I'm going to watch it Thursday, I think.
1: So, because women were more affected than men, like I said eight times, there ended up being a demographic emergency, because the men-to-women ratio was so unbalanced. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Add an imbalance? Unbalanced? Unbalanced is a word.
0: Okay. I'm pretty sure it's a word. Like, fairly certain, actually. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So the men took on roles and duties of the mother as well as their fatherly duties, which was pretty progressive. Yeah, I was like, that's unheard of.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But on the other hand, dowries were withheld in new couples until the wife produced a child. You didn't get your dowry. Wow. So that's pretty interesting. So what we're talking about, the disease itself is called Kuru. It's a neurological disease caused by a prion, my favorite part of microbiology, because they're so little known about them and they're so interesting and they cause all of these insane problems. Uh, A prion is an infected protein and basically what happens when new proteins are made, they're produced incorrectly, they're misfolded basically. So where there should be a kink here and then a kink there, and like one of those kinks might be missing or something mm-hmm. like that, and it starts to cause neurological damage. There are three stages. One is, the first stage is ambulance Yep, first stage is Ambience. <laughs> ambien.
2: Yep, first stage is First
1: ambience. stage is me taking Ambien. Yep. <laughs> so stage one is ambu- the ambulance. Because you have coordination problems, unsteady gait, loss of muscle control, tremors, but you can still be mobile. You as can still a human. do stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: Still flip for that. Uh,
1: and then you also have difficulty pronouncing words. Things start to get a little dicey. And then you move on to stage two, which is sedentary. You can't move without assistance at all. Your speech worsens, you have depression and that's when the uncontrollable and sporadic pathological laughter sets in (laughs) and then stage three is the terminal stage you have a hard time doing anything by yourself because your loss of muscle control is just Mm -hmm. so extreme um dysphagia sets in so you have trouble swallowing you can't eat or swallow anything at all so you often end up malnourished Mm. uh and then the loss of speech worsens, you're unresponsive to your surroundings even though you're actually conscious. You start being incontinent, which you did say earlier that you wanted
2: Yeah. So it's
1: not that
0: I wanted it more so that I was like, It's gonna happen today. Like I could feel it. It's like someone just wanted to defecate so their, pants gonna shit their pants today. Yeah. yeah.
1: Chronic ulcerated wounds that are easily infected start happening as well. I mean, th- I mean, I would assume that's something like bed sores at that point. Because if you're having yeah, a hard time moving, then...
0: Then you're you're just going to, like, develop that yeah. kind of thing, yeah.
1: And then death occurs within three months to two years after the terminal stage symptoms develop.
0: What a wide range.
1: Yeah. And it's just, I think it just kind of depends on your immune system, because death usually is a result of pneumonia or... Like oh. some of those sores getting infected okay. because yeah. you're, 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 system, you're neurologically just so damaged that there's mm-hmm. not a whole lot your body is going to respond to at that point.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So
1: between 1957 and 2004, there were 2,700 cases recorded. And about 200 deaths per year were happening in the late 50s. And like I said earlier, there were... What a thousand deaths within three years, just within Papua New Guinea alone. Mm-hmm. In the early nineties, that dropped down to about six deaths a year. There have since between nineteen ninety six and two thousand four, there were eleven cases
0: reported. I was going to say, so, I feel like there's some things that your like your cultural beliefs are very important, yeah. like to who you're as a person. And there's something you have to hold close to you. They're part of your identity. But as like we as a society, and we as like a like this we like as humans like try to decide mm-hmm. and what is more human uh it kind of like define harder lines cannibalism like whether it be like a living or a dead person is kind of just becoming like more and more something that's frowned upon I, like in rapidly evolving societies so i don't know yeah. i was kind of like not not worried but very intrigued to see how that practice um has survived and yeah. how it's like continued to evolve well, as well
1: it's been eradicated. It's been outlawed by the government, and they have more strict regulations on how they manage the treatment of their dead. Mm. They have other ways They just that also fit within their belief systems. They just preferred cannibalism. They thought it was the most effective in dealing with oh, their... okay. Silly girl. You're okay. Not to get on the soapbox for a minute, but this is why anthropology is so important. Because if you go back, what, four years now... And think about the Ebola outbreak. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Part of the reason why the most recent Ebola outbreak was so intense and deadly is because you didn't have anybody there to explain to the family members of those initially infected people that their funerary practices were what were causing that Mm. dramatic spread. Because in, in the cities where it was happening, the cultural... The funerary culture was to... Personally, the family members washed the body, but Ebola is so transmutable that just that contact with bodily fluid was enough to pass it on to the next person. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's why. And I was taking my microbiology class at that time, which was super fascinating because we talked about Ebola a lot. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I got really into the Ebola outbreak. So I would listen to NPR on my way to school every day just to <laughs> hear about it.
0: You're so cool. I
1: know. Prions are really resistant to degradation from enzymes and other like chemical or physical means, which is probably why there's not been an effective treatment that's discovered. I mean, if you think about it, antibiotics are just introducing one thing to counter another, Mm -hmm. but there's nothing that counters the effects of the prions. There's nothing to correct the production of that misfolded Mm -hmm. prion and there's nothing to destroy it. Yeah. So, It's yeah. still going
0: to be, like, there, no yeah. matter what. Mm-hmm.
1: The practice, the, the, the endocannibalism practice stopped in the 1960s. But because Kuru has such a long incubation period, some of them, like, some cases still pop up every now and then, which mm-hmm. is probably what a lot of those 11 cases that popped up were. I mean, it takes yeah. 10 to 13 years to incubate. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you start, like I said, once you start, expressing symptoms you have a year on average you're dead within a year mm-hmm. so in humans cjd creutzfeldt jacob disease is pretty it's a little more common than crew just because it happens usually genetically uh, instead of as a result of consumption uh variant cjd is kind of related to mad cow disease which mm-hmm. we'll talk about in a minute but again death occurs with cjd in CJD, without a death occurs without a in, shit. Ew, without a shit. Yep. Death occurs in people who come down with CJD in about a year, and they also develop rapid d- dementia. So that's fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Dementia's fun. Yeah.
1: And then, as far as other forms of prion scope, like I just said, the most well known is probably BSE, bovine sponge spongiform encephalopathy.
0: That sounds a lot more fun than I assume it is.
1: How can I say encephalopathy without a problem, but I can't say historiographical without having to spell it out? You
0: also can't say sponge form correctly on the first try. Sponge
1: form, encephalopathy.
0: What's wrong with you?
1: Sponge form.
0: Sponge form.
1: Sponge form.
0: Sponge form.
1: Are you making fun of me for
0: being British? Yeah. Am
1: I saying it particularly English?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> I
1: don't think I am, but i like okay. pretty
0: sure you are. It's okay.
1: So BSE is mad cow disease. Get over it. <laughs> which. I remember very well, between 1986 and 2015, in the UK, 184,000 cattle were diagnosed with BSE, the peak of that being in 1993, and I was five then, so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I remember this being all over the news. I remember not being able to eat beef. I remember people freaking out about this,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, and at that time... 4.4 4.4 million cattle were killed just as a precaution.
0: What the fuck?
1: Which is really depressing. Cows are so cute.
0: But also, even, like, the amount of work that you have to put into and the amount of, like, resources it takes yeah. to grow, like, a fully grown cow yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. So that's, so, that's and, like, livelihoods, like, ruined as well. That's, it's mm, big sad.
1: And all of this was a result of cattle feed containing... Meat and bone meal that contained the remains of other cattle,
0: so they were like killing cattle, grinding their bones, making meal, feeding it to other cattle, not really making the but con- yeah. that's so dumb
1: yeah because think about all of the things like once you send a cow to a butcher, you get all your good cuts of steak and beef and everything, even mm-hmm. you know the tongue if you're into winga tacos or whatever, the rest of it just gets ground up and turned back into cow food so the outbreak in the uk was so bad because that was being fed to dairy cows Hmm. and then there's a version of that called scrappy which affects sheep and i think maybe goats definitely and then we also have chronic wasting disease which
0: is when you're like trying to learn how to skateboard and you repeatedly fall off (laughs) wasted yeah (laughs) thank you i'm glad that joke landed (laughs) At least in this room, that joke landed. That's all I care about.
1: <laughs> hey, I used to wear DCs and
0: fans. <laughs> every day. I was that cool. I've played Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 <laughs> a fair amount in my time.
1: Chronic wasting disease affects deer, elk, reindeer, moose. It's called a chronic wasting disease because drastic weight loss within the deer or moose mm. or elk is one of the major symptoms. Then they also have a lack of coordination, which kind of sounds funny in a not funny way because like i'm thinking baby giraffes over here oh and yeah like, awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can't walk. drooling excessive thirst and urination droopy ears and then they just stop being afraid of people which is kind of terrifying i don't want a moose to not be afraid of me which i think it's not anyway but still
0: you also just described like the average frat boy in 2019 though so if you like compare drooling, them that excessive
1: way excessive thirst and urination yeah <laughs> lack of fear of people yeah <laughs> lack of coordination because they're drunk yep drastic <laughs> weight loss because they don't eat food and they just drink all the time and you
0: gotta drink all your calories yeah it's so much healthier Yeah.
1: yeah. that's what i got go on a tangent if you want
0: so do you want to hear something so uh, about papua new guinea that i really enjoy Yes. so you may be familiar with the the guinea pig also known as the guinea pig yes. in the united states yes do you know how they travel like do you know how uh how the guinea pig lives its life and how it, no. like, moves from to like, location. Like, in the habitat that
1: it's supposed yeah. to be in that do you it's know- not in a teenage girl's bedroom? Yeah,
0: do you know how? No. They move in herds.
1: That's so cute! It's so
0: cute! <laughs> so there's just, like, uh, I think there's, like, a, there's a fair amount of different, We're like, We're gonna find a types. video
1: of a herd of guinea pigs.
0: They're adorable! I want to. <laughs> they're, like, lower than the grass, and you just hear, like, the and sh- 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 they're just, like, all running. It's, you oh, it's there. so cute. I love it. I no longer have guinea pigs. No, yeah, Nebula and Gamora have gone to a, a more apt home that I still love them very much. I still hear their screams in my nightmares. <laughs> and I feel their little their little pre-dinner nibbles on my fingies. So, yeah.
1: Well, that's depressing.
0: It is depressing. This one's going out to Nebula. And- <laughs> uh, but no, so that is super cool. Uh, it makes me sad that in a lot of different cultures, they're eaten. It's like little steaks, which is like, once again, cute. I don't know why. Cuba
1: it? and the guinea pigs and yeah. just like put a guinea, yeah, throw a guinea pig on the barbecue. And... Mm. Honestly, I mean, it makes me sad because guinea pigs are cute, but I think that if I were down in South America or Cuba or wherever, I think I would have to really try it. Although I would be very creeped out by the fact that it's eyeballs and it's teeth are
0: still there. Yeah, I think it's a kind of equivalent to how in the United States, uh, horses are, above pets kind of like yeah. um they're like luxury pets i guess mm-hmm. because they're like highly intelligent have like a lot of skills yeah. and being able to train a horse to its max potential is mm-hmm. an art in itself but in other countries horses are eaten yeah and they're considered like delicacies yeah because of from, like yeah. yeah uh just mm-hmm. like how like high in like muscle they are and like how low in fat and just like the diet that a horse needs to eat to be healthy and grew to its like full potential means that it also tastes good, apparently. So, yeah, it's, like, kind of the same thing, where like...
1: I've heard... I know someone that has eaten horse, and they said that it it was good, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, in my... I took a... Latin America cultural... Mm. Mm -hmm. I took a Latin American cultural class, and we talked about one of the books we read, which is a really good book. I still have it. It's about how... It's kind of about the effects of communism in Cuba today, and how so many people are finding these abandoned lots and turning them into urban gardens Mm -hmm. to grow food for themselves, rooftops, abandoned lots, uh, empty, just little empty places in, like, the ruined city, they're just finding Mm -hmm. these places to turn into urban gardens, but part of that is also, for people who do it more at their homes, part of that is also... Raising guinea pigs for food. So. Wow,
0: yeah, that's crazy. Like it's it, really good it makes sense, yeah. yeah, as well. But uh, it's crazy from like a like our society's perspective, yeah. Because we we got our we got our little babies, you know. Uh,
1: yeah, and you have a, your class guinea pig as a pet mm-hmm. in middle school. Yeah. Yep.
0: Also, we'd like to give a shout out to
1: Kendra Ke- Baird.
0: Kendra Baird. Uh, she is the delightful human that did the... She helped re- us
1: with our artwork. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a loyal listener and for making us look more professional than we really are. Alright, so that's a lot of tangents. Uh, thank you for listening to Broadcast from the Belfry. You can find us by searching Broadcast from the Belfry on, I think right now, eight different streaming sites, as well as just our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um something else i'm forgetting facebook twitter instagram maybe that's it i don't know uh feel free to leave a rate subscribe like yeah we're gonna have a patreon up soon uh and if you guys do have anything you want us to talk about i know there are a few things today that georgia mentioned like that book about like urban gardening and like communism in like recent day in addition to the uh the tribes women and like the families that she mentioned like towards the beginning uh that you wanted to learn more about that we didn't have time for just like shoot us a shoot us a message you know uh, we read everything we're sent and we love hearing from you guys so we appreciate you we love you and yeah leave us those leave us those rate, subscribes and <laughs> potential topics you'd like to hear about
1: stay spooky
0: Luna Hello.